0: Good morning, everybody. This is Martin John and this is Tao of the Day. I am, uh, I love, so the Tao Day Ching is a book that's been in my life for a long period of time, over 20 years or so. Um, and it is an ancient text written about 600 BCE, presumably by a guy, Lao Tzu. I don't like getting stuck into who wrote it, what it it, blah, 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 When was it written, how many people translated it, blah, all that stuff. That stuff really kind of gets in the way of understanding the Tao um, and gets us wanting proof. I just wanting proof that it's that it's valuable, wanting proof that it has some sort of information for us. Um, really, wherever you get your information, whether it's Fox News or the Dow de Ching, um, that's the information that you need at this moment. That doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's right. Like truth is what we're looking for, and when we can find truth, um, and this isn't facts. Facts are not truth. Uh, facts are just um, things that we. Align to feel like truth, to feel like truth. We want, you know, there, there are facts in the world that have nothing to do with the reality of the way things go. And that's why I look to the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching is, uh, from my experience at least, truth. It is, it is beyond fact. Because I think that when we get stuck in fact, we get stuck in the manifestation. We get stuck in what we experience. And what we experience is who we are and how we experience things is how we are. And when we get stuck in that singular idea of who we are and how we are, well, then we're lost. We're always just looking to reinforce the experiences that we have had already and our traumas and our, and our ideas, all of those things. And when we get caught in the idea of perceiving, right? Oh, this person cut me off or, oh, I got, oh, price of eggs are up or, oh, this, oh, that, right? Like, maybe those things are true, but maybe those things are, are factual. You know, that's what I mean to say. Maybe they're factual, but we don't know. We don't know what's going on. We don't know, you know, the more we look at consciousness and time and space and we see that it's all, you know, like time and space are just relative experiences. We can't, you know, like like, like I was, was reading this one book recently where it was talking about this idea of like, hey, what's going on now? If I'm talking to Julie over in England. And, uh, and I say, what's going on now? Well now is relative now is relative to her and to me and so I she can't really answer. I mean it's closer to now than if she was on another planet. but now is such a relative experience. And you know so this is when I when I talk about this stuff, when I talk about this kind of esoteric kind of bigger picture thing about like now and sp- to space and time of course it's not in your day-to-day like, work a day world where you're just like i gotta work from nine to five and you know i got two days off over the weekend and this is this is my life and my life is this routine and and i don't break out of that routine well consciousness is growing beyond that obviously because we're doing that less and less and we're trying to break free from this old paradigm of logic we've built a world on logic for so long and we really want to hold on to that because it makes us feel good us feel like we have some control over the situations that we find ourselves. But, um, but I'm here to present you the Tao Te Ching. And the Dao Te Ching is an ancient text, like I said, full of enigmatic sort of wisdom that, um, that gives us insight about what is truth in life. I know when I was going through my recovery, my, my initial uh, recovery of drugs and alcohol, and then my recovery from my diagnosis of MS and all of those things, like the Dow was somewhere that I went to find some solace, to find some truth, to find the truth of what, uh, of what life could really be presenting me. And so uh, I invite you to come up and pick a number between 1 and 81, and I would love to, uh, to have you on. I always like picking a number myself, and I'm going to pick number 45, uh, which is beware of words with meaning. And this, this may very well move into everything that I was just talking about. Do not define your accomplishments, you will always have patience to spare. Do not acknowledge your fulfillness, you will always have space to spare. When we define something as straight, we see how crooked it is. When we define something as skilled, when we define someone as skilled, we focus on how clumsy they are. When we call a speech eloquent, we notice the stammering therein. The master needn't define things. What they are will arise naturally. By removing herself and her need to know, she can see Tao expressed itself fully. <clears throat> you know, we often want to describe, prescribe and understand things. We get into the mode of wanting to understand things as children, right? Our parents ask us what we're doing. We have as as soon as we moved into the frontal lobe, as soon as you know, we started to logically take apart the world, what we've tried to do is define it. We define it, and then we say, this is what people do. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I roll my eyes when somebody says, well, it's human nature. It's your nature to see it that way. And we have to recognize that that's where everything starts, right? Once you have defined something in your life, once you have defined some aspect of your life or some aspect of other people's lives, you know, you are condemning yourself and them to live by that. And it has absolutely nothing to do with anybody or anything that 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 is truth. You are just limiting your ability and their ability to be outside of a box that you have put them in. You love, we as human beings love putting things in boxes and understanding them, society. So like I was interviewing a friend of mine and he had said, society wants to define you because it wants to put you in a box. Parents wanted to find children by all of the things, oh, Graciela is going to join me. We will pick a number. Uh, with Graciela. Um, I always like to step away from my numbers to allow others. Graciela, how are you? Good morning. How are you? I am well. It has been a minute since we have chatted. I'm glad that you reached out the other day. It was, it was wonderful to hear. From you.
1: Yes, of course. How could I not? I saw you in my dream. So I was like, uh, I need uh-huh. to see what's up.
0: Well, I am I am I am doing doing great. How how are how, how are you and the fam? It's been a while. Uh, we
1: are doing well and alive and you know,
0: can you hear him? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah. Um yep. but yeah, everything's good and it's March 1st, so I'm thinking of doing number 31.
0: Look at that! That's a beautiful way of putting it together. Thirty one,
1: and I haven't haven't done that number.
0: Oh well, I don't. uh, This is entitled "The Weapons of uh, Sorry of Weapons and Mourning."
1: All weapons and weapons.
0: Of of weapons. (laughs) Of weapons and mourning. M O U R N I N G. Okay, got it. Weapons are horrible tools. The master avoids weaponizing anything. Weapons promote fear and separation avoided by those who walk in blessings, embraced by those who walk in delusion. If compelled to use them, she uses restraint. There is no glory in victory. If weapons are used, her enemy is not evil, but human like herself. How can she glory in their slaughter? When the master is compelled to engage a weapon, she does so gravely, filled with compassion, knowing that this is the first state of her mourning.
1: Interesting. Who's, who's, um, what's the word? Whose translation was that?
0: Mine. Ooh. Mm. Weapons and
1: Mourning. Okay, okay. You're gonna have to listen back to it because Elijah was screaming at me in the process. <laughs> he, well, um, again,
0: I, if you have to go like and, and deal with that, I don't
1: know. Oh no, but, it's okay. It's, um, you know, I think I have told you before that he's kind of nonverbal. Oh, what yeah. are you standing there? Look, now he's standing up on the freezer. So he was telling me to get him on top of the freezer, like to sit him on the freezer.
0: And then he stood. Which,
1: Which, of course, I do because he's been experimenting with heights as of late and he was previously afraid of heights. So um, if he wants to sit on the freezer, I'll sit him on the freezer. But instead of telling me, you know, Mama, come or Mama, please, he'll just be like, listen, listen, and pointing at it. It's okay. It's okay. Are you ready to come down from there? Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Okay. Love you. Say thank you, Mama. Okay. So anyway, um, yes, listen, 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 listen. Yeah, yeah. a little bit overwhelming. So weapons and mourning, I'm going to listen to it again, but tell me about it. Do you break up your own translation? What do you do?
0: So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So weapons are horrible tools. The master avoids weaponizing anything. Right. Right. So we don't weaponize words. We don't weaponize our actions. We don't weaponize. We, we, We do what we do without having to weaponize them. And yeah,
1: off the top of just off the top of my head, what really comes up is um, this reminder that it just weaponizing anything just comes from a wounded place. You're being defensive. So what do you need to be defensive about? right if you if you if you're not coming from a defensive place, then there's no need for weapons because there's nothing to defend against or to defend period. And so defensiveness is the first thing that comes to mind.
0: Yeah. And then it says, like, just like you just very beautifully stated, weapons promote fear and separation. Right? You separate yourself once you pull a weapon out. You and the other. Correct. You and the other. Because you wouldn't pull a weapon on yourself. I mean, maybe you would. But, you know, like, that's because you have been... Cause that's because things have been weaponized against you because you're right. depressed or you're sad and the world is right. like, you're, you can feel challenged, but when you start right. feeling like separate, when you start feeling fear, that's when, that's when weapons are, that when weapons start to fold into your daily experience, whether it's, whether it's physical weapons or words or, or products, or whatever Mm -hmm. you know like when when you start feeling separate avoided by those who walk in blessings embraced by those who walk in delusion Mm
1: -hmm. and i know when
0: i was when i was an addict and when i was younger like i was i was delusional i thought that i didn't have value right right the delusion of
1: I'm unlovable nobody loves me
0: i'm Step not worth written.
1: anything fear. correct and and that in that case you're the other absolutely right
0: yeah and here i am you know like weapons promote fear and separation well you know when i was being raised if my parents wanted me to act a certain way they would reward and punish accordingly and when I was separated because I wasn't what they thought I was. Well, then there's fear and separateness. And this is what weapons achieve. Right. You know, and they didn't know that they were using weapons. They just thought that they were, but reward and punishment, like punishment is a weapon. Correct. Yep. If compelled to use them, so then now we're talking about the master. If compelled to use them, she uses restraint. And that's that's a beautiful, like, yes, the master, the, the weapons are not off the table for the master, but if she is compelled to use them, she uses restraint. Mm. There yeah. is no glory in victory if weapons are used. Her enemy is not evil, but human like herself.
1: Yes, that's right. And it really, it it takes me back to the intention of it all. Like, why is this? Why are you doing this? Or why is this being done? What is the real intention behind it? Yesterday, we were reading in book club. And after that, I had a conversation. And we were talking about how if you are truly experiencing gratitude then there's there's not a possibility for any negative thought to happen at the same time. But I honestly went to bed thinking there's you know there's logic to this but at the same time, you know, how many times do we say thank you and do we actually argue that we are being grateful but we're being sarcastic or resentful in the tone or in the intention? of that gratitude and that's just not gratitude at all. Right. And you know, resentment and sarcasm are weapons. They come yep. from a wounded place. <clears throat> and they're meant to be like a jab or a dig at someone else because you're being resentful or because they disappointed you in some way. And so yeah, okay.
0: Uh, there were a number of years ago, I mean talking about sarcasm and, and like how how some people wear it as a badge of honor um funny it is it is i remember i remember there was a time um that i was on dating apps and i would go through and it was just like sarcastic would be like this thing that people would if you can't handle sarcasm and i was just like whoa no no i was (laughs) like i'm not there is no way I'm right. going to even put myself in a position where someone thinks that sarcasm is something that is okay to be to be proud of. Right. I
1: That's mean, like it has what? to do, it, it has to do with a certain level of intelligence and I don't know what else, but it's um, what I've learned. And for some reason I grew up and my humor can be very sarcastic sometimes but you know this is the type of humor that i reserve for someone like my husband right like i don't need to share with anyone else any sarcastic comment um right that's what that's what he's there for so (laughs) (laughs) um it's um interesting how i've in doing this journey of learning and becoming a life coach and doing all the work it's like I don't really think sarcasm is nice at all like there's just no good energy that comes from a sarcastic comment right yeah. more often than not the comment is made and then there's crickets because how do you respond to a sarcastic comment and it's almost like that unsolicited opinion mm-hmm. right like oh. thank you for your unsolicited advice or your <laughs> unrequested opinion like thank you captain obvious right yeah and so it's um it becomes just a very distasteful thing to dwell into i feel
0: like yeah you know i remember <clears throat> there was a moment my my dad blue collar construction you know my most of my life and stuff mechanic you know mm. did he did a lot of stuff you know like he was 17 when i was born i think and i was the second so like you know he was you know he's an inner city kid and and what have you but but he had this sort of way about him where when he wanted to connect with somebody, it's kind of like the the third grader, like, I don't like you. So I'm going to push you to the ground Johnson. or I like, you, so I'm going to push you to the ground. Right? Like I'm going to, I have a crush on you. So I'm going to hurt you or I'm going to, I'm going to talk bad about you. Or something. And that's kind of right. how he reacted to things. And I remember being a kid and him talking to me that way and just thinking, Oh, just suck it up. This is, this is, mm. this is what you got to do. And then as an adult, I told him, look, That is not okay. And I still have people in my life that think this is okay. And and they're learning that like, if you wanna, if you, you know, like, you you gotta grow up. Like, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, well, this is where I worked. And this is, and I was like, okay, well, like you can keep that, but I'm not sticking around just because you wanna be sarcastic and you wanna talk about things and that, like you wanna talk down to me in some way that, no I'm just kidding. It's just like you have mm-hmm. look at yourself, and if you're not willing to look at yourself, then you can't see me. Right. <clears throat> right.
1: And as of late, it really just reminds me of you know be impeccable with your word. You can't be impeccable yeah. with your word if you're being sarcastic. That's right. There's just no way
0: you're it's, hiding it's... something. You're fear. Mm-hmm. You're in fear. You're in separation. Right. It's a weapon. That's right. So what Absolutely. are you defending? Yes. Beautiful. Yes. When the master is compelled to engage a weapon, she does so gravely and filled with compassion, knowing that this is the first state of her mourning. Of mourning,
1: right? Okay. So now we're talking about what are you going to do instead of using a weapon? How are you going to handle this situation with grace, with words, with compassion, with like all these other tools? that are kind of like, not so much the straight shooter, <laughs> LOL, uh, or, the, <laughs> or the easy way, right? Cause it's very easy to shut something down. It's so easy. It's like, I'm just, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this right now. Let me shut it down and walk away from it in fear and in distress. And it's the, the hardest thing is to really look at something face to face and say, let's talk about it let's deal with this let's go through it in order to get through it and it's um i love how it calls it mourning because one of the many conversations i love to have is that grief is not just about losing someone you love we grieve uh, at any time of day anything mm-hmm. that we are sad to let go of yeah. a form of grief and Anything that kind of walks us through the motions of, oh my gosh, how did that happen? There you go. That's your denial. Right. And oh my gosh, now I have to accept that that happened. Okay, so now you're accepting it. Like You go through the motions yeah. of the stages of grief at any given time, and it has nothing to do with an actual physical death. Right. And so, yeah, so beautiful. And what a lesson. Oh my gosh, I just yeah. realized I asked for this because
0: it's March 1st. And that's the thing like the moment you Give in to using a weapon the moment you because maybe you have to once again, it's not off the table Mm -hmm. Maybe you have to draw a line somewhere and create a boundary and and all of that. Those are those are healthy things but when you do it in a way that's weaponizing, when you do it in a way that makes someone an other, you know right. that that's the first state of your mourning. You're mourning the loss. You're mourning the, the loss of, of, of all sorts of things. And that's okay. But, you, but that's why you use weapons in such a sparing fashion. That's why, that's why when you do it, you do it with, with seriousness. You don't do it just because that's what you do.
1: Well, the thing about making someone the other is that you end up othering yourself in the process. And that's just the way life works. So thank you so much, Martin John. I'm so happy to catch up with you. I love you.
0: Love you too. Thank you so much. Dr. Rao's gonna join me. going to say hello hey dr rao
2: how martin how are you
0: i am well yeah. i am i am just <clears throat> presenting some some DAO, as i do
2: <laughs> that's nice yeah so what's going on
0: oh you know like the last couple days i've been i've been uh you know like uh my i have a i have a I have a tenant in in a house on my property and I was and their their bathroom needed a new floor. So the last couple of days I've been pulling up and re and and reinstalling a floor. And so oh, that's that's are, been nice physical physical sort of escape into like moment to momentness and it's been good.
2: So you are a landlord? Huh? I <clears throat> I have recently become a landlord. <laughs> You know there is a philosophy behind it that's why i'm saying that you know? oh what's this i was a landlord in india right because uh, actually not me uh, my dad you, you know he had a big palatial home right
0: yeah
2: so uh, we kind of uh, continue to live in that and then we kind of made uh, so many uh, rooms at the bottom it's like a 10-bedroom or something, something like that, you know? Wow. So we rented it out, and then we built uh, some more uh, property on the top, right, the like second floor, and then we were living there, right? Mm-hmm. So um, ever since I was born, I kind of came to know that this was rented out, and uh, we were living upstairs, you know? And uh, so the analogy is this, are we renting this body are are we owning this body and saying that i'm the landlord ah that, that's the implication you know what i mean yes so if you inhabit this body and mind as though <coughs> them or using them and then you have to give it give it up that is uh, the liberation No, oh, that's a beautiful that's i like that yeah yeah, I want this, and then when these temporary things go away, then we are in grief. <laughs> we are in strife, right? You know,
0: it's interesting when I go and I fix the the floor. Yeah, it's it's, and with the house that I recently received, it's mm-hmm. there's been a lot of work that needed to be done in it, and and I don't look at it as mine. I look at it as the, this is the house, and I'm in relationship with the house. That's all. Like it is a. Like we are, like, yeah. The house gives me things that I want to do, and I do this for the house, and it's a beautiful sort of like exchange.
2: I know you can, uh, you can also abide in it, but then not belong to it. It's like this: you are in the boat, you are in the river, yeah. You are piercing through the river. But you don't allow the river to come into your boat. <laughs> yeah. Then you sink. <laughs> that's what it is. You know? So as long as the property is, uh, yeah, that is a living space, uh, that's all okay. And then, but I'm not going to let that off my mind as this mine and me. Then I'm sunk.
0: You know, I have since I've moved in here, it's really been beautiful how I've been like, this isn't mine. it is it is it it is the house and it has a consciousness and a mind and and it's gonna do what it does and you know the Tao states like life is a gift received from Tao and everything is um, and everything is uh, 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 sustained for that gift and my house has a life and I am being sustained for the gift of life that my house is received.
2: Not even a gift another What it is it is this is the property, but I'm not going to identify with the property. Right. I am separate, that's why I'm owning the property. That's why the inner uh, presence, uh, inner uh, uh, whatever we call it, uh, is uh, inhabiting it, but not really. Identifying it as me. That's the problem, right? People identify with the properties. This is my house, my property. Right. And I cannot be without it. Those things come up, you know. Um, there is a beautiful uh, way to express this, what's called kleshas, You know, kleshas are inflictions of the mind, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And to overcome these inflictions of mind is the struggle a lot of people go through couple of the uh, there are five of them but a the couple of them are raga raga means that we attract to. Like property this money bank account and all that that is uh, what we are attracted to, to our you know relationship also i want to have something from this woman or man whatever right yeah Whereas the opposite of that is when you don't have it you have aversion You have Besha, okay, I hate this, I don't have this, that kind of thing. So there are opposite feelings, one is uh, attraction, other one is aversion. So some of the materialistic or spirituality is, you make what is not real for you, like the house, real in the sense it is transitory, it's not physical, it's not there but it can come and it can go, right? That's what it's like. We can vote or we can bankrupt and then this one too. But then a lot of people get used to their things. Things right. could be outside or things could be of the mind. And then you are stuck, you are not making progress. You are not having that liberation, otherwise you would have, you see? Yeah. So. House is like a river, you use it, you go through it, but you won't let that house come into you, into your inner self, as this is me. Yes. That's it. That's where your, your entire modern uh, materialistic culture versus spirituality. See, what what is the problem with the meditation, artworking? Many people, Martin, they don't have this. Uh, what is called vairagya. That is dispassion. Okay, this house is uh, with me, I'm kind of making some or whatever and that's it, you know. But then beyond that, I'm satisfied with it, that's why I don't want to know who I am. Find out the spiritual self, that is the rub. Yes. So if you're really into doubt, you will have this dispassion for all these things both outside and inside. Not that Dawi is going to give you something, but Davi is everything, and you go and stay there, and that's it.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. <laughs> that's a,
2: and that's a <clears throat> that's a huge, that's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: it's just to be
2: yeah in they, that
0: and to not 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 own this, not not it's not mine. It's not it, it's not even in relation. It is like it is here.
2: Yeah, you know what i You are liberated from within, from all the bondages. Yes. You can use it. You can use the boat, but you are not attached to the boat, right? That's it. Right. But then, boat has to be protected from getting all these things into you, into the boat. So.
0: And you're constantly working at that.
2: (laughs) I don't know whether you read a book called Siddhartha by. Uh, One of the Americans, uh, I don't remember his name, he made a beautiful movie out of it too, Siddhartha. Siddhartha, yeah, yeah, yeah. 60s or 70s, he made a movie, and then that was written on a book based on the journey of a boat on the river. Oh, I haven't Uh, seen it or read it, but now that you mention it, I
0: know, I, I mean, I've seen it around, but.
2: This philosophical means he won't come and say out on the movie, but he will show you that Siddhartha riding on the boat. And mm. all this uh, implication of this philosophy I told you about is there. Ah, uh, okay. So I think you better read that book. Huh? Herman Reese, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I will I will definitely check it out. I think you'll enjoy the movie also. There is there are Indian actors there and though but it's made in English, you know. Uh, it was a huge hit at the time.
0: Oh, well, I will definitely check it out.
2: Yeah. Can you imagine? I was a teenager at the time, but I still understood this whole thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 not always easy, but I'm glad. I'm glad that. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm going to check it out.
2: Yeah, That is something Martin. I saw. If I reflect on the life again, somehow I was attracted to these philosophical things all the time in my life. As a 10 year old kid, I read a big book on uh, Buddha.
1: Mm.
2: Obviously, it is illustrated, but the text is there. But I don't know what it is. I was, you know, they used to have these uh, comic books, right? At the time, we don't have television and all that, but the comic books used to come, right? And then uh, the pictures are very, very illustrious. There is one is called Chandamama. Chandamama means moon, okay? Uh, because kids are to the moon, they name it that magazine and So famous, everybody, almost everybody read that in our country of the world, right? And uh, it was in so many languages also, my language also. So that uh, illustrated uh, Chandamama, they put a special edition, which is like a, Maybe thousand pages, uh, big pages, big illustrations on Buddha.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But my compass to read that so much, I read the whole thing at the age of 10, um, very short time. Yeah. So uh, I remember that, you know, like that, you're always attracted to these works that people are trying to explain something than mundane daily life.
0: <laughs> That's right,
2: isn't it? Yeah. So, inclination is there. Well, I think, I think it's not our thing. It's something, you know, life has put in there. I don't know why it is, but it could be karma. It could be whatever. <clears throat> yeah, and it's all, it's all, it's all moving. It's yeah, all,
0: it's all transitioning. It's all changing. It's all doing its thing as it needs to. And so, you yeah. know, no, no, <clears throat> you know, one of the interesting things about you know my experience is that I've, I haven't tried to, to. Uh, a- answer a lot of the questions of why i just kind of like here here i am and this is what this is what is being is, is here and and it's interesting as i've gotten older i've 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 noticed that i'm more and more connected to something that doesn't like everything that everybody else
2: wanted I put, I put in a simpler language okay thought made and beyond thought Yeah. Look at that way. Then you will be out of thought, but use the thought. Right. So whatever thought made in or whatever thought made outer will be relegated into a back seat when you are in touch with what is beyond thought. I think that came pretty nice. I think you should. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely going to check that out. So. thank you so
0: much all right you enjoy you enjoy your morning exercises you too bye-bye bye Bye. all right thank you dr. Rao and thank you Graciela it's good to see my 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 old friends and my buddies and stuff I'm looking at a guide to Herman Hess now and I'm going to be uh, checking out Siddhartha Um, I'm I'm going to reread number 45, which was my Tao for today. And it's a really interesting one. Beware of words with meaning. As I was talking earlier with Julie, uh, not on on this channel, but on hers. um, I think this kind of fits into some of that conversation. Do not define your accomplishments and you will have patience to spare. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes and when we celebrate, you know, the world has told us to celebrate our wins and all of this stuff all the time. And maybe there's some there's some value to that. But I look to this line, to why I always question like, I don't I don't celebrate my wins. You know, I was talking to someone after I after I fixed the floor, I sent a picture and I said, Yeah, I got it done. Like, I woke up yesterday and I was like, "Oh, I got to deal with this." There's there's moisture in the bathroom floor. I got to replace the floor. There's a lot of rotten wood. Da da da. Um, when I finished the floor, I was just done. But if I were to define my accomplishments and say I fixed the floor and da 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 da, well, the next time moisture would come into that basement floor, I might be like, "But I did this and this is done and I'm and I've succeeded at this already and I I don't wanna I don't wanna do it again." Well, when you don't define your accomplishments, you have patience to spare. It's just like, well, here it is. You know, even when I was talking to my friend yesterday after I I said, well, I just woke up and I did it. She was like, yeah, that's what you do. You just wake up and you do what needs to be done. And it's not like you're doing something to, you know, it's a relationship you have with your life. You wake up and you just do what you do. Now, if you defined that as an accomplishment, well, it's like, well, I've proven myself already. I did this already, so I don't wanna do that. That's when patience starts to be broken. That's when you start to get in the way of your own ability to get up and do something. Like, you know, Dr. Rao was either on the treadmill or on a, on, a, on a elliptical or something this morning, and you can hear it in the background. If he were to wake up and say, well, I did it yesterday. I accomplished that yesterday. Why do I got to do it today? Well, then there there goes patience. And then you can't get up and do what needs to be done. To not acknowledge your fullness, you will always have space to spare. Whether that's in your calendar or whether that's in your your ability to love or or anything. To not acknowledge your fullness, you will always have space to spare. To To not, to not give it credence, to not be like, oh, my, my calendar's so full. I know people who tell me all the time, like, oh, I, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And they don't have anything going on. You know, they're just, they're just filling their life with busyness. When we define something as straight, we see how crooked it is. When we define someone as skilled, we focus on how clumsy they are. When we call. A speech eloquent, we notice the stammering therein. As soon as you, as soon as you put something on a pedestal, as soon as you define something, as soon as you hone in on something, well, immediately. Like if you were to tell somebody, "Oh, this is the best movie ever," da da da, and then you watch it and they don't like it, all of a sudden you, when if you're watching it with them, this is something that I did when I had a production company. I would show my work. My most recent work to somebody. It doesn't matter who. I mean, I, I needed to respect them first, but I would show my work to them. And as soon as I would be like, I'm done, I'm going to show it to this person, as soon as I would show it to them, I would start going, oh, this section's long. That can be shorter. This could be different. That text is wrong. This speech is wrong. This, I would notice all of the things that are wrong with it. As soon as I would define it as done, I would show it to someone else so that I would have to be honest. And that's what happens once we define something and then have to stand by it. You know, if we say, oh, this is the greatest speaker ever. And then we leave with our friend and and we say, oh, well, this just might not have been his day. You know, like, oh, he was just busy. He's got other things, you know, whatever. We come up with all these excuses. Why? Because we defined it. We defined it as something. And then all of a sudden we noticed all of the things that were wrong with it. And we define ourselves as being like whatever it is we are. Then as soon as we go out in the world, we start to see all the things that aren't. And this is, this is, this is right. Remember the title to this is, beware of words with meaning. As soon as you define something, as soon as you have meaning to something out there in the world, you will immediately start to see its opposite. And then, you know, you'll have to make up excuses and reasons why it's okay, or all of the things that you're experiencing. The master needn't define things. And this is where it really wraps up in a beautiful way. The master needn't define things. What they are, what the things are, will arise naturally. By removing herself and her need to know, she can see Tao express itself fully. This is the thing. When you can remove yourself from defining what's going on or what is around you, and, def- and removing the need for you to know something, the removing the need for you to define and know what is going on, then you can see Tao express itself fully. You can see Tao just expressed in everything around you, always. And that's the greatest thing. Just see everything as it is. In this moment, without the preconceived idea of what what you thought it was, without the idea that this is straight, because the moment you say something is straight, you start to see how crooked it is. The moment you define something as anything, you start to you start to see the um, what is within that that is not aligned with how you define it, and that's why we want to beware of words that have meaning. Because when we have words with meaning, then those, those meanings, those definitions are going to be challenged moment to moment. Because Tao is not a thing. Tao, the, the Tao of everything is not a thing. It's, I am not a thing that can be defined. And if I use a word to define who I am, well, then I'm, I'm, I'm already moving in a direction that is counter to what I am. Thank you so much for joining me for Dow of the day. This is Martin John and I love presenting DAO of the day. If you have a number between one and 81, you want to select it kind of, then I would love to have you step up. <clears throat> Otherwise I'll start signing off. I am um, yeah, I'm usually here on wi- Wisdom Monday through Friday, but uh, both yesterday and Monday um, I wasn't here because like I told Dr. Rao, I was dealing with some other things. So <clears throat> no big deal. I just allow these things to come and go as they need to. Um, I don't have definitions for them anymore because the definitions for them really kind of held me into a place that um, that I didn't need to go. So uh, thank you so much for the support that you guys give me here on Dow of the Day. And I appreciate uh, everyone here on Wisdom. And if you guys would like to pick a number, let me know. Otherwise, I'll be signing off. Thank you so much for joining me for DOW of the Day. And until next time, keep recovering yourself.